This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by the Growth Center for Church and Mission. The Growth Center has established the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader, a ministry ecosystem which brings together pastors, ministry leaders, and marketplace leaders who are finding creative ways to utilize their faith and their talents to bring the gospel to the cities and communities they live in. Check them out at thegrowthcenter.com. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. All right, welcome back to the podcast. So glad that you're here. Uh, It's Jalen. We've got John. What's going on? How are you doing, John? Good to see you. How are things been for you? Hey, Jalen. Uh, things are going pretty well. You know, last week, uh, I guess by the time this episode releases, it'll be well past this. Um, but we just had Thanksgiving last week. And so I spent the whole week uh, in the Midwest, um, a few days in Chicago, and then a few days in Missouri with my cousins. And man, let me tell you, that was such a life-giving and um, yeah, restorative trip for me, you know, kind of vacation at just the right time. Saw. Uh, people I love, ate good food, um, and just was able to rest. And so it was real good. I, I had a good time uh, hanging out with you. We went to the Bulls game, um, you know, celebrated uh, your son's birthday, my godson. Um, and that was a ton of fun. And yeah, so it was a, it was a good week. How have you been? Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's always good to see you, John. And so whenever, you know, we get to hang out, it's always fun. And, you know, our kids love hanging out with you. We love hanging out with you. But uh that Bulls game, we'll just kind of we'll just kind of gloss over it, right? Because it was definitely the worst, their worst game of the year. That was that was a rough watch, but it was in good company. So I'm glad yes. we got to go together. That was that was the good part. Great company. Yeah. And you know, Jalen, um, if if that game ends up being like the dud of the season and we still do really well, I will gladly take the bullet and go to the the, the terrible game of the year so that the Bulls We'll do well the rest of the year. There you go. That's right. Well, for us here, it's been a super busy week. Uh, you know, just as we've been ramping up more and more in-person things, uh, it's been kind of a juggling act between the two congregations as we're trying, we're trying to figure out like who's showing up when for different events or different activities and different fellowship groups. And so uh, it's it's been a little bit more confusing. You know, obviously after a year, almost two years now, uh, we're kind of going back to just trying to figure out how to do this dance of like facility management and stuff with the two different congregations. So uh, it's just been a little bit busy that way. And, you know, um, not bad conflict, but just it's, it's been good to have some of these issues come up that uh, have inevitably unearthed some, uh, some difficulties and challenges that we need to figure out together. So I, I kind of view this as a really good opportunity for us to talk things out and figure things out. And at the same time, we're, we're all working towards getting people back together in person again more. And so I think that's a good thing. So uh, just been a really busy week. It's been exhausting and um, just had long conversations and that sort of thing, but it's, it's a good week. I think overall, it's just been, it's been a healthy, it's been a healthy process for our church. So even though it's exhausting, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. It sounds like a bit of growing pains for you guys right now as yeah. you kind of step into another season or the next season. Uh, whatever comes after this pandemic, I guess it's not over yet, but whatever comes <laughs> yeah. next for us. Right. So, right. 
but yeah, you know, it's good uh, again, Jalen, to, to be with you and uh, be recording the podcast. I'm excited for our guest today because our guest is the English pastor at Chinese Bible Church of Maryland, um, Pastor John Tung. So John, welcome to the podcast. We're really glad that you're on with us. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny because on occasion, as a result of doing this podcast, we've had different pastors reach out to us and you were one of those. So we're really glad that we made that connection, uh, realized that we actually know quite a few mutual people. And um, yeah, it's just it's good to have you on the podcast. I'm excited for our, our topic today and, and I won't spoil it right now, but yeah, good to have you on with us. Thank you. Glad to be with you guys. Yeah, thanks, John. As we start, we always ask our guests, uh, just, just briefly share your ministry journey, your calling into pastoral ministry with us, and what, would that, what was that like? Yes, yes. Well, I come from a non-Christian home. Um, I became a Christian when I was 18 years old, no church exposure previously. I became a Christian through some high school friends in New York City. So I didn't expect to become a Christian. My family didn't expect this. So it was a surprise to all of us. But once I became a Christian, I think I grew uh, very quickly. Uh, I was discipled by my pastor in uh, Queens, New York. And uh, becoming a Christian really changed me very deeply and profoundly. As a result of discipling, being in a smaller church, so you got a lot of attention and discipling going on. I, I felt after I graduated from college that I wanted to give more theological training. I mean, I'm basically starting from zero in terms of Christian backgrounds. And I felt like I needed to be more aware and learn more about this faith that was so life-changing. So I've had, you know, so many years of other education, I really needed to catch up in terms of biblical theological education. So I, I went to a seminary uh, right at, a year after college and wound up spending four years there. Originally, I went to seminary just wanting to get more theological training exposure. wasn't thinking of becoming a pastor. But in seminary, I just felt God was saying to me, you know, just keep going, keep going. So I did. I, I graduated. And then I served four years as a youth English pastor at the Wilmington Community Evangelical Church in Delaware. And then came to Chinese Bible Church of Maryland and have been here for 31 years. Wow. 31 years. That is yeah. an incredible uh, season of serving at this church. I'm sure you have stories that span the spectrum of, of church ministry. And, um, you know, we're excited to hear some of those. Um, but that's basically, you know, the topic that we want to discuss with you, because it's not super common, I, at least Jalen and I don't know a ton of pastors who have been you know, at the same church, uh, especially in the Chinese church for three decades. Mm. And so, you know, the, the topic of longevity is, is the one that we want to explore with you. Um, and so can you just start by sharing with us, you know, why you felt personally called to this church and, and why you believe that longe longevity is so valuable um, in ministry? Yeah, wow. You know, when I first came to this church with my wife and our young kids we we left delaware we came here we didn't we didn't have no idea how long we we're going to be here um i thought maybe five years ten years you know uh, for sure but who knows after that um there's there was no 30-year plan you know so that's just sort of that's a but how what happened i guess is uh we just felt like this was a good fit 
the church, uh, there was there's a lot of similarities between the church and myself. My wife is Cantonese, I'm Mandarin speaking, the church has that, and, we, and she's America, ABC. Um, I was born in Taiwan, but grew up in the States. So it just felt like, you know, being home. And uh, maybe for me, just being, you know, having been in a very small church previously, and uh, being a very small nuclear family here in the U.S., I felt maybe there was some deep, deeper thing going on inside me, wanting to be in a larger community of like like-minded folks. Um, and but aside from sort of the heartfelt, maybe unconscious motivation, I think the people here are just very wonderful people to work with. It's kind of like when you have found a good organization to work in, why would you want to leave? You know, unless something really, you know, doesn't work out, something really bad, but it, it never got to that point. And I never felt God was pushing me to leave or to go somewhere else. I've had some inquiries, but it didn't, it, it, in the end, it wasn't like something my family felt like we should go together. I think the more we stay here, our kids made friends. And at a certain point, it was like, it's no longer just my decision or my, my, me and my wife's decision, whether we stay or leave, but it was our family decision. If I was a single person, maybe, you know, it'd be simpler to decide what my needs are and where I can go to get it. But as a family, it's like, it's, this is a good fit for everyone, for my wife, for me, for my kids. And the people appreciate our ministry. We grew here. People, re- people affirmed our, our importance to them. And so it just became, you know, five years, 10 years, 15, 20. And uh, lo and behold, now it's, you know, 30, 31 years. Um, And what I've come to see is that I think there are some real advantages to being in a place so long, whether you you plan that or not. I think um, I began to see really when churches call a pastor, they're the churches, from the church's point of view, they're hoping for someone who will stay long term. You know, unless they're hiring just for an intern or part-time position, churches, I think, call people, call pastors, expecting they will stay long. And if, if it works out on both sides, I think the relationship can continue to grow and develop. And I think longevity has helped me to see you get into deeper and deeper into people's lives. You know, our community is diverse, but it's also deep. But you, if you stay too short, you really don't get to plummet the depth. You know, but by staying so long, I've gotten to know people, extended family members. I've gotten to know people's work environments, their work friends. I know community, you know, organizations. I know other churches. I know other pastors. Just all of these relationships that have been supported, but also useful. So it sort of builds on itself, you know, and I have more contacts if, if people needed help. So I think there was it just... Uh, God just saw us sort of fit, you know, that this would be a good place for us as a family to stay. And now, even though our kids are all grown, it's my wife and I have felt like some of the people are no longer just our parishioners. They're our friends. I mean, serve 30 years. How can you not? I, I don't think you can just be pastor and parishioner. You're going to become friends at some point. We've gone camping. We've gone on vacations together. You know, it's like you're not just leaving a church, a workplace. Now you're going to leave spiritual family and, and, and good friends. So I guess it's going to be harder, harder to, to leave. Maybe we, so more likely than not, we won't be leaving, you know, so we might be here a little bit longer until I retire, but we don't, we do not mind. It's a good church to work at.
Yeah, I think that's such a, a beautiful picture of, um, as you said, a good fit. And yeah. a lot of times you don't see that, as John was saying, you don't see that in, in a lot of ministries, uh, you know, Chinese heritage churches or otherwise. And so I think certainly it is a blessing and it sounds like you're in a really great spot. And so this next question maybe doesn't seem to fit, but I, I am okay. curious, you know, you know, over the 30, 31 years now that you've been serving at this church, um, what are some of the disappointments or some of the discouragements that you have faced uh, at this church? And, and in light of those, how have you maintained that faithfulness mm. to be at the same church in the face of some of those disappointments and discouragements? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, there have obviously been times of disappointments and discouragement. I mean, how can it not be, right? And 31 years, that's a couple of life cycles, you know? So, uh, um, yeah, disappointments, of course, they're there. Um, I think things like, you know, think churches can be very slow to change, and sometimes you want to see things move faster, uh, maybe some leaders in the church, you know, are measuring by numbers. Is like, you know, are we, are we, you know, enough? Is are, are counting heads? Are, are there a lot of people still here or not? And what are we going to do about it? And uh, sometimes there have been misunderstandings between staff members, or I felt like at times I've disappointed some people, uh, intentionally or unintentionally, mostly in unintentionally. But you know, people. Uh, you know, may, may, may be mad at you for saying something or they take it personally uh, or members have left. I mean, over 31 years, you've seen a lot of people come and go, you know, young people grew up, left for a variety of reasons. Uh, but even people who've been here for a long time, you know, adults, they come and they go. I mean, it's 31 years. There's a lot of loss in a way, you know, it's like if you live in a place of 31 years and you're still there, but most people have moved on. That's like, wow, you know. But I think there is a culture here that's that's greater than the people who have left. There's a there's a culture of supporting each other, uh, working together, seeing that uh, disappointments, uh, discouragement will come. But let's let's work through those. Let's realize those are part of life. You know, if you work in any organization, the longer you work, I mean. Are there no disappointments, discouragements if you work for, you know, any company, any organization? So I think some of these are just a natural part of work or working with other people. But there's a lot of compassion, a lot of forgiveness to be found in a church, which may not be true. I mean, if I complain about counting heads, you know, in a church, imagine if you're working, you know, for a, a tech company, they're really going to count heads and, you know, measure you down to how, you know, Amazon. And so even though I, I say that, but I know in comparison to what other, some of my church members are working, they are under maybe even more work pressure and disappointment and, and than I face. So, if I look at it that way, then I, I will not like just dwell in my own pity, my own troubles. But, but again, knowing them, knowing what they go through also humanizes them for me and also helps me to humanize that ministry is humans. And we're going to be, you know, we're going to hurt each other. But in the church, there's, there's some sort of built-in protection that if we embed ourselves in it, it can actually bring a lot of healing. I think just as I'm listening to you talk about your your story, your experience, uh, just sensing, you know, that you have really walked through 
you know, different seasons and seeing people come and go. And I know for myself and for Jalen, we've been uh, the, you know, he's been at his church for, I think, seven or eight years now. And uh, I'm new to my church, um, but served previously for 12 years. And, And even in those, you know, at least for us, they feel like fairly long periods of time. You know, we have, I have felt like just the cycle of, um, you know, the ups and downs, the highs and lows of ministry. And so I'm just really thankful for your, your perspective and in, in coming on the podcast. What I wanted to ask though, is, you know, Jalen just asked about these, um, you know, disappointments, uh, that you may have faced, but on the other end of it, you know, we know that over 30 years, you would not have stayed if you had not seen significant joys, significant, mm-hmm. um, victories and blessings and, um, I, you know, I think we're really curious about what are some of those things that you've seen in your time at your church that are maybe unique to uh, unique to a, a pastor that's been at a church for longer, for three decades. You know, because I think we we for sure have experienced our own joys and blessings and disappointments and challenges. But but oftentimes when you're in a shorter season or, um, you know, an earlier in, in your time at a church, those challenges and those joys are very different than when you're in mm-hmm. when you've been there for three decades right yeah wow there, there, there are a couple of different ways we can go with that um i, I think let me let me start this line of thinking see if if it, it answers what you're asking uh well i, th- I think when i the different stages i think when i started you know i think it's natural to want to sort of prove yourself you know you want to do a good job you want to be liked so uh, I think I try very hard to preach well, to continue to grow and learn, visit people, uh, you know, help the church to grow, right? Um, and there were, there were some measures of success. So I think that was encouraging. Uh, the fact that we're in a large urban areas and there are, pe- there are jobs, people moving in, there is a rich, uh, you know, pool of people to continue to draw and uh, also, our Chinese ministry, I think, was helpful to the English side because they continue to also bring in, and they're very evangelistic, continue to bring in new uh, people from, from Chinese side. And then once they bring their kids and the English also, you know, has the opportunity to build and to invest in their children, the teenagers. But, you know, in an urban area, I think location, location, location in ministry is a big factor too, not just in real estate. You know, this is not like, you know, it's not like I I made this happen, but location where we are facilitates people coming and uh, we get to benefit, right? We get to a lot of young people move into this area too, to want to work. Uh, so, you know, we get to opportunity to reach them, minister to them. Some of them stay, some of them find, you know, this area to be good, find a spouse and stay so that we can work with them. Others just move on after a while. But basically, I think it's just, uh, you know, first day trying to really work hard and build up the church. And then after, you know, after a while, it's like, uh, you know, we, we all have my wife had a place in the church. She was happy. She's very you know artsy and craftsy and, and was serving the children. Our kids were involved in different aspects of ministry as well. So everybody was sort of involved. And I think that, that, that beyond the first stage, the second stage was our families all had a part in this ministry. It wasn't just me. And then when the kids left, then we could now invest in the next generation of younger pastors. So I'm not the only one. 
I'm not even the you know lead English pastor anymore, and that's okay because I think、uh, bringing in fresh ideas, fresh people, maybe more energy. That's that's good for a church, right? I think in my third you know decade, going to between the second and third decade, decade kind of began to see I need to help bring up other pastors and, and help them to. Uh, to like this church to grow and develop, so we've had a number of pastors coming in. So I think my role now is just to share institutional knowledge with them, with the new folks coming in, and、uh, using my contacts that I have to sort of gain more trust. When you've been here thirty some years, people trust you. I mean, <laughs> you know, they really trust you, right? So if they have a problem, they'll come to you. But now I can say, why don't you also go to the new pastors? And I've been able to minister to you know their extended family. So it's just like there, there's no end to people who can benefit from ministry. So in a way, I don't feel like my work、uh, is done. You know, so、uh, I'm working with different ages of people.、Uh, my role in the church as an institution has changed. But you need to make change. You need change. You can't be the same person for thirty years, and you shouldn't be. So I think we our church has made changes. I've changed my roles, and and I think that's why I can use what I've learned, not just keep it to myself, but to help other staff to have good and hopefully long careers here too. Yeah, I really appreciate that that humility that you're talking about, and as you mentioned, just the, the change in your role. I'm sure that takes a lot of. You know, not just humility, but also a vision for what God is doing in the church, and also in those、mm-hmm. leaders that are coming to the church. Can you can we just follow up on that a little bit?、Um, sharing about just you know passing on the baton. How have you seen, or how have you looked at developing some of the leaders that come in? What are some important things that you want to pass on to them? You know, in your years of experience, that will help them grow as pastors. I mean, new pastors, new staff coming in. They have different needs, right? They have different ages. Some are single, some are married, and you know, you just make yourself available. I don't presume to know what they might or might not need from me. In our staff meetings, some of that comes up as we talk about certain things. Oh, what does Pastor John think? You know, with that family, nobody knows them. What can you tell us about them? You know, or our. What? Why did our church make this policy 15 years ago? <laughs> Give us some insight. So you know, I would try to you know pass on what I know, and the new staff might think, well, maybe it's time for a change, or you know,、oh, let's keep it. And I can also move between the congregations because now I'm the longest serving staff member of, of any of the congregations. It wasn't always so. So longevity, I know, in Chinese culture, is very important. But I think in the church culture, if you are humble, you you don't you don't want to be like have to be in control of everything. I remember our previous senior pastor, Jonathan Liu, saying, "If it doesn't matter who gets the credit, then the church can grow." You know, if you're going to fight for who gets credit for this or that, now you're now you're about all about turf, right? And I I don't want to be about turf. You know, it's not about turf, right? Uh, it, you know that would just split people up. So I, I I try to, you know, I try to be a bridge builder. I I think God has given me a call to be a bridge builder.、Uh, my biculturalness, bilingualness, and you know, growing up in New York City and then now working in the suburbs, just different things. God has sort of made me a bridge, and I, I think I just want to play out that particular role. I don't need to be the head. Being a bridge is it's I think God's purpose for me, and I just want to be faithful to that. 
Yeah, that's, man, that's such a wise, uh, that's just a beautiful piece of wisdom that you shared right there about uh, having the humility to, um, to build bridges and connect people um, and to not be territorial. Because I think that that could easily be the temptation, right, is, is if you've been in somewhere for a long time and then someone new comes in, rather than passing the baton, it's more like I got to protect myself. And, and so I really appreciate, you know, that that insight, that wisdom. Um, I think for for most pastors, like nobody wants to go to a church and, and then move on right mm-hmm. away. You know, I think mm-hmm. all of us desire yeah. to serve and to really pour ourselves out in, um, you know, wherever God calls us to. And we may not all be called to stay at one church for, for 30 years, right? Um, I think the Lord has us in places for seasons. And, and then when the cloud moves, we have to go too. Um, but whatever that period of time may be, you know, I know that there are, there are best practices and things that we can do to help make sure that we make it to that point where the Lord says, okay, you know, like what I have for you, the work I have for you here is done and it's time for me to move you to something else. So what are some of those things that over the years you felt like have really helped you, you know, I guess you haven't reached that point yet, but continue along this journey of being at this church. What are some of those things that um, you felt were were absolutely vital for you to stay in this role for such a long time? Don't take things personally. Don't take hurts personally. Number one, I guess, um, uh, I think God in different ways. I mean, there've been times where I took things personally and it. I think that was a mistake because it wasn't meant personally. There are things that I've done to hurt people, but I, I don't think I was hurting them. But if they take it personally, they might leave. So I think the kingdom vision means don't take things personally. I think most of the time people are not trying to do hurt you personally. But if we react as if it's a personal thing, then we, we can overreact, right? So, you know, how do we put it in that positive? I guess just, um, just, have more compassion, forgiveness for people. Churches can often be very intense places in which people's values are, are, are in play. And you need to understand why those values are important. It can result in fights. But if you understand why it's important to them and come alongside of them and gently show them there's, there are other people who have other values that are also we need to consider. So don't you don't take it personally. I don't take it personally. Let's just deal with this issue and be flexible. And, you know, we are a large family, right? Uh, I think maybe a larger church has certain advantages. You're already built in with many viewpoints. So, you know, be, be, be flexible. Here are other voices. And how do we make this family all work together and stay together? So be faithful to your own calling. In my case, I think to be a bridge. Other people might be called to be a leader. That's fine. Fulfill whatever calling God has given you. But then be flexible and make sure you have a very supportive family. You know, so it may be the three Fs, faithfulness, flexibility, and family. You know, if pastors have families, you know, make sure the whole family feels like this is the the right place. Uh, If if one member, the family doesn't feel it's it's not working out, you you need to, especially if it's your spouse, (laughs) you need to get to the root of that, you know, but my wife and I both both are are happy here, but a lot of flexibility, a lot of forgiveness, don't take things personally. Yeah, I wanted to ask maybe from from a uh, from a 
church congregation perspective, yeah, sort of that same question, um, you know, maybe for some of our listeners who aren't necessarily in ministry or they're not serving as a pastor, but they're just in the Chinese Heritage Church. How would you encourage somebody in the congregation mm. to help keep their pastor in long term? How would you encourage them to say, uh, here's how you can keep your pastor for, <laughs> you know, longer than than just a handful of years? What, what, what was some advice that you would give that way? I think just coming to me personally, one-on-one, sharing me their, their, their frustration, their anger, don't, don't take it out in the public. You know, uh, I, I think that's a, don't, don't have your fights out in public because now you're dragging other people in. No, it just it gets more complicated. You know, if people in the church have some issues, go to the pastors one-on-one. They love to hear from you personally, especially if you take the initiative. Many people don't take the initiative, but pastors, I think, are very receptive. If you say to your pastor, you know, I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to have coffee with you or have lunch with you, talk about some things. I think your pastor would make, would really appreciate that. And they would really be very attentive. They know you come in a good spirit, do things in a good spirit, right? How would you want to be treated? You know, uh, be, be honest, express your frustration. And then listen, listen to maybe the pastor has some factors you're not aware of. The, the, maybe in the end, it's like, well, maybe it's not a good fit between member and church, just that it's not always a good fit between pastor and church. This may not be a good fit with you as a member. Then I want to bless you and you know, welcome to find a, another home that's a better fit, right? Um, I think those kinds of personal, honest conversations can diffuse a lot of pain. I think in the Chinese culture, a lot of times we don't want to talk about these. We just leave quietly. When you leave quietly, actually, it makes the pastor feel more guilty. It's like, did I say something? Did I do something? Why? You don't know. Sometimes not knowing is worse. But if you come to me and tell me, well, you know, maybe the conflict has nothing to do with the pastor. Maybe there's a policy issue. It was with somebody else. But now the pastor can help you to work on that. A lot of the time, church members have no idea how do you resolve conflicts? How do you get this big institution to, who do you go to? Where's the, where's the person to, to solve problems? So maybe you can help that person to begin a path of finding a solution to the problem they're facing. So it doesn't result in just like leaving because you haven't figured out what the right solution, how, what the process is to resolve conflicts. You know, so figure out what is the process of dealing with conflicts in your particular church. And, and, and then I think that will go a long ways. Whether you stay or not, at least you learned the proper way of, of dealing with unresolved conflicts. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a very helpful piece of advice. And I appreciate your, your thoughtfulness in that. And, you know, and I think that, as you said, that's a challenge for Chinese heritage churches. That's not in our, that's not in our nature to be so direct. And so, um, you know, on the negative end, confrontational, but, but direct, right? Yeah. And I think that when, when there are issues, we tend to be more passive aggressive, right? We say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell my pastor that I don't feel good about this by, you know, uh, giving the cold, you know, giving the cold shoulder, or like you said, just kind of walking out the door and not saying anything, um, but, but I think what you're suggesting, what you're uh, advising uh, churches and pastors to do is to be very forthright, forthcoming and being uh, and, and approaching one another in the spirit of humil- humility and love. You know, over the years, how have you discerned God's calling for you to stay 
when you may have felt it was time to leave. I know that you've kind of shared that there hasn't been really any major moment in your time at the church where you felt like it's, it, it was a season to leave, but, you know, ha- have there been times where you have to discern, does God want me to stay here? Or does God want me to move on? And how did you come to that decision? Yeah, I think there was a time where I, I, I did wonder, you know, should I stay or should I leave? The church was going through some changes, so I, I did wonder, what, what does this mean for me? But I got some reassurance from church leaders that they still wanted me to stay, but they like to see my role change. So that was very helpful. You know what I mean? Again, telling me personally what they're thinking would eliminate sort of this crazy imagining you know, thing that, that, that can happen to all of us. So church leaders can be a very helpful to be very clear what, what do they see your role and how do they see you playing that role as churches go through changes. That's extremely helpful. So that is, again, honest communication, right? It's not taking things personally. It's just like, what, what do we discern God doing in our church? What do we discern God doing in your ministry? And is, there, is God telling all of us how the future can look with people playing different roles? You know, that takes a lot of courage to bring it up to a pastor. And it takes courage for a pastor to listen to that. But I, I can sense when somebody is giving it in a good spirit. I think most of us can tell when something is offered to us in a good spirit. And if you see that good spirit, you're seeing that they really trying to offer you very helpful. I think God is, is like, you know, the, the Daniels in our life, right? The people who will speak truth to us. And, um, and we should listen and, and take that in. And that was very helpful. Because so I think sometimes we, we can overreact. And s- statements from other mature believers, to, in order to be a pastor, you have to be mature. I- immaturity and pastorate does not, it doesn't mix well, right? But how do you become mature? Well, when I'm not mature, I need other people who are mature. And when other people are not mature, I need to be the one that's mature. So maturity is, in the end can help everybody to grow. And if I can't always be that, and sometimes I need other people and vice versa. So just, even though it's kind of hard to hear sometimes, at least listen, sense the spirit behind what they're saying. And then, and then uh, go to your wife and complain and cry to her. <laughs> see, <laughs> see if she, she feels the same way. I mean, your, your wife's voice, your, vo- your wife's vote is extremely important. It's like two votes. You know? so, so, you know, make sure you have, she, she can maybe, maybe you might take something personal, but she won't, you know, or vice versa. So again, you need somebody who's more mature, whether it's your wife, a, a, a church leader, or a good friend to, to help you not overreact. Yeah, there's, man, so much wisdom in what you just said. I, I want to highlight a few of those things. Um, the first is that, you know, uh, encouragement and the challenge to grow when it's coming from someone that cares about you, that yeah. really has the best in mind for you is is such a good thing and so uh more easily received i think for pastors because often sometimes not often but sometimes you'll have people that want you to change or grow because they have a certain uh, picture of who they think you ought to be and that may not be what god actually wants and so um you know it really is necessary for both 
the congregation and also the pastor to recognize like, what is this new thing that God is leading me into? Um, and not to jump the gun on that or try to push, you know, our own agendas. And so I think that was, um, yeah, just so wise when you said that, that, that there has to be alignment both for, yeah, for you as a pastor, but also from your congregation that you're both recognizing this is what God is doing. And then the other thing too, that you were, as you were talking and something I was thinking about was, you know, how important it is for pastors um, or for people in ministry to, to not get stuck in, you know, doing the same thing only that, that God mm-hmm. is constantly wanting to grow us and he wants to develop us. Um, he wants us to, you know, uh, he's, he's gifted us in certain ways and he wants us to lead in those areas. But then I think he also wants to develop in us the areas that we're maybe not so gifted in. And that may come not all at once, but I think it comes in, in different seasons, different stages, and we have to be open to that. Uh, I know that even in my time at my previous church in the 12 years I was there, you know, I, I served in the youth ministry that whole time, right? So mm. that scope of ministry never changed. But I do know that like over the years, every couple of years, I thought like, what is God, what are the new things that God is leading me into? Um, and so that meant maybe serving more uh, in, um, you know, in our young adult ministry, as the youth kind of moved into that, into that stage, it meant, um, you know, developing interns uh, or, or an intern um, during that time, it, it meant like serving in uh, national leadership uh, or, or district leadership with my denomination. And those are not things that I did in the first two years or the first mm-hmm. four years or the first six years of my time at that church, but kind of like God was growing me into in different things. And, and I think what really helped was having a church that understood, you know, they didn't expect me to do all of it mm-hmm. on day one. You know, right. they kind of let me uh, develop in the areas that I was maybe had more strengths in. And then as time went on, began to grow into to new things. And, and I really believe that now that I'm at a new church, one of the reasons that I'm here is because God wants to develop in me something that he maybe could not develop at my previous church because mm. it was too comfortable or too familiar. And he really had to launch me into something different um, to grow this in me. And, and that's been you know, something that I've been really excited about. And, and I'm sure that you've had moments like this uh, you know, in your time at your church. Um, but something I wanted to ask you, and I, we didn't uh, give you this question ahead of time, so I hope you'll <laughs> okay. forgive us for that. Okay, no problem. Um, but kind of a fun question, or, or maybe just to, to see through your eyes, um, what are some ways that you have seen ministry change in three decades? You know, wow. like, I think oftentimes there's like different trends in ministry. Um, and so what are, what are some observations or trends that you've noticed maybe in ministry in the nineties versus the two thousands versus 2010, you know, obviously the trend right now is doing things online, doing things digitally. Uh, that was not the case 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah, that's a good question because you're right. I mean, we've lived through different trends and, and, and yes, I mean, I, I think there was a trend of, uh, like cell churches so that we, you know, at, at maybe in the 90s, we tried to have a lot of cell groups, fellowship groups. And then the, the next stage, I think, was a, a, a all service, like a, a all service church, a church that can like do a lot of different things. I think we're influenced by Willow Creek and, uh, you know, Saddleback, you know, a, a serve church that can do all kinds of things. So I remember going to some of their conferences and learning that. Um, and then, you know, unreached people groups, that, that was another movement. And you're right, like right now, everything is online. 
you know, while you're doing that, you just think like you, you got to learn it. Looking back at it, it's like, wow, we spend a lot of time on that particular trend that nobody's really emphasizing now, or it got sort of absorbed, you know, and something else it comes along. I mean, I think we can learn from others, right? We, sh- we shouldn't just sort of lock ourselves up and like, I don't want to be exposed or influenced by anybody else. We have allowed ourselves to be porous, to open up, to learn. But then when you take it back to your own church, it's like, I don't know. I understand what they're trying to do, but we can't quite do it that way. We have to do it our way. And it's not, not like we're trying to be difficult, but just some of the some of the values and some of the, we're not ready for some of these things. And we're just going to, you know, we see the, the benefit can come from it. We'll do as much of it as we can. Um, and, you know, and, and then we have three congregations like Mandarin, Cantonese, and English, and they're influenced in different ways. You haven't asked this question. I mean, Taiwan has their own influence and America has their own influence. And so it gets a little confusing sometimes, you know, so, Looking back, it's kind of funny to see we've gone through these influences, and I think we've absorbed parts of it, and we're just dealing with the online part now, right? So that's that's a big challenge in itself. It's kind of funny to look back to see all those changes. Yeah, thanks for your perspective on those things. You know, we, we've really appreciated this time together, and I, I feel like this last question that we always ask has sort of been, this whole episode has almost been just sort of one long <laughs> a helpful piece of advice over and over and over. But uh, if you could just narrow it down to maybe something that you've already, maybe something you've already said, or uh, just another thought that you had, what is one piece of advice or encouragement you would give to someone who's currently serving in the Chinese Heritage Church? Yeah, right. Um, Well, I think you need to know what God is doing in that church you need to know yourself and you need to know the people, right? You need to know God, you need to know the people, you need to know yourself. Um, I think ministry is at the intersection of those three things. How you know, do you discern what God is doing uh, in that church? Uh, are, you, are you able to support it? If not, maybe then it's not a good fit, right? But if it is a good fit and you can support it, then it's a good sign. So, and know your people. I mean, church is not a this sort of abstract entity. It's made out of the people, right? Get to know your leadership. Get to know people who are, you know, maybe very, uh, very you know, alone or quiet and get to know the people who are more extroverted. Spend a lot of time getting to know the people. They will, they will give you clues about what they need, right? And use your eyes, use your ears, find out as much as you can about that church uh, and, and the people there. And know yourself, what is God saying to me at this point? What is God wanting me to learn? What is God saying to my wife, to my family about us? So I think when you can sort of put all of these things together, what is God doing? What, is the, what are the people's needs? And what is God saying to me? If you can, I think those are the main factors. Uh, and if you can figure that out and feel confident that you have a, a good grasp of all of that, then I think, it, you know, it's a, you'll, you'll know yourself, you know, what you, whether you can serve in that church or not. Wow, John, thank you so much for that wisdom. Um, I think this whole episode, I've just been really encouraged and um, reminded uh, of how 
not only have you been faithful, but how God has been faithful uh, through you and to your church. Um, and so that's just something that should be celebrated. We're really grateful that you came on the podcast with us. Thank you for reaching out. And yeah, it's been great getting to know you and hearing your story. All right. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for what you do. Thanks, Sean. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.